Good morning, Vancouver, and good morning to the rest of the world, wherever you may be and however you may be listening in. Thank you for making us part of your Sunday morning. Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Raul, and I'm going to be your online host today. If this is your first time visiting us, we are so glad that you were able to tune in. As a matter of fact, we cannot let you go empty-handed. Simply text NEW to 604-285-5770 so we can send you a brand new stainless steel Thrive water bottle just for visiting us today. Not bad, right? All right, parents, don't forget, Thrive Kids has prepared today's lesson plan and activity guide, and it's ready for download. Simply visit mythrive.info slash online so you can download your copy today. Do I have an active and engaged audience? I know I do. The only reason I say this is really so we can test out our chat room experience. So here's your question for today. Out of these two superheroes, are you for the mighty Thor or the mighty dad? Let me ask that again. Are you for Team Mighty Thor or Team Mighty Dad? This should be a no-brainer because you know what next Sunday is, right? All right, I can't wait to see the results. I'm ready, you're ready, let's get started. Hello everybody and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB, I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive. It gives me great pleasure to welcome you to an amazing Sunday for us to draw near to God together. It is so great to have you here. Wherever you are watching the service, we are so glad that you came to join us today. In fact, we have a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, can I encourage you right now to turn to the people that you're sitting with today, that you're watching the service with, and you know, for those of you who got chat rooms there, would you use the chat room? Would you welcome one another to the church today? We say good morning or good evening or good afternoon, wherever in the world you're watching the service today, we just welcome one another to church today. If you're sitting beside someone, if it's safe to do so, we just give them a big hug right now and just say it's so good to be in church with you today. Let's welcome one another to church today. So good to have you here. In fact, for those of you here who are here for the first time, you are what we call our VIP. Everyone say our VIP. And we especially want to welcome you. And in fact, we've got a special gift to give you. It's your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. Just a way for us to say thanks so much for spending a bit of your Sunday with us. And so with that in mind, if you are new, we'd love it if you would connect with us. Go to mythrive.info and press a button that says I'm new. And there we can connect with you and give you your gift that way. Also, you can go to uh, you know, this phone number. You can text the word new, N-E-W, to 604 285 5770 and we'd love to connect with you that way as well. A huge welcome to all of our VIPs. Can we give all of our VIPs a big hand today and welcome to church today. So awesome to have you here. If this isn't your first time, you've been here before, a huge welcome to you. We love having you here, whether you're in your PJs in your bedroom or you're well-dressed in your car, in your living room. It is so good to have you here and we uh, are looking forward to an amazing Sunday together. Just a couple announcements before we get into the message today. First off is next Next week is an extra special Sunday. Next week is Father's Day. Everyone say Father's Day. That's right, Father's Day, June 21st. And uh, what we're doing on that special day is in addition to our two services at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, we also have something super special that we're doing. It's our very first ever Thrive drive through everybody. Oh, come on, give God a big hand in this place right now. 
And what's a Thrive Drive-Thru? Well, you're going to find out. On Father's Day, Sunday, June 21st, we are going to invite each and every one of you who's able to come out to join us here at the Thrive Church building. We call it the Thrive Center. And for all these months, we've been doing church online, and it's been a lot of fun, but we miss seeing you guys' faces. We miss seeing you guys in person. And so we wanted, in a very safe, you know, physical distancing kind of way, to invite you to come to church and to meet us in the parking lot. And you can stay in your car and we're going to be passing free hot dogs and drinks to each and every one of you. And there's a special gift to all the dads on that day as well. It's on Sunday afternoon, June 21st, 3 to 5 p.m. here at the Thrive Center. We can't wait to see you here. Bring your family. And we'd love to just see you face to face and let you know that we're just, uh, we miss you. We love you guys. And we look forward to seeing you guys face to face on that day. Uh, would you turn to neighbor and say, I can't wait for our drive through Tell them right now, I can't wait for our drive through can't wait for our drive can't wait to see you at our drive through and so look forward to seeing you there. Make sure you come. We'd love to see you there. Another thing we're going to be doing, and this is happening even earlier than Father's Day actually, is that in just a couple days, on Tuesday, June the 16th at 8.30 p.m., we're going to be doing something uh, which is very, very important, very, very special, is that normally on Tuesdays at 8.30, we've got our Zoom prayer meeting, and we're going to have that prayer meeting, but in addition to that, as part of that, we're going to be having a conversation about race and racism. And this is going to be so important for us as a church. We are a multi-ethnic, multi-colored, multicultural church because we believe that God loves you in the skin that you're in. Amen. And so if you're black, white, you know, Asian, Latino, whatever color you might be, you're brown, whatever case you might, God loves you. God loves us as a church family. He loves diversity. And, you know, if we want to be everything that God made us to be, sometimes it's about learning to tackle the uncomfortable issues. Sometimes it's about learning to learn from another and understand each other better. And especially with everything that's going on in the world today, we thought what better time than now to have that kind of conversation. And so we hope you'll join us on Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. You can check out uh, our Facebook page or our Instagram account for the link to that meeting and we'd love to see you there for what's going to be uh, what we hope and pray is going to be a really meaningful, really uplifting, really encouraging, uh, really understanding, building conversation about race and racism and praise God. We turn to neighbor and say God loves you in the skin that you're in. God loves you in the skin that you're in, and we love you as well. Right now, I want to ask you to get your Bibles today. If you have your Bible, it's time to get that out right now. Maybe yours looks like mine. It's a paper Bible. Maybe it's a device you download the phone into, a Bible into. Let's just do this right now. Let's, let's take our Bibles, and let's, as a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message, would you just say this together with me right now in a big, loud voice? Let's say this together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's Word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's Word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you could please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus today. We are doing a series here at Thrive called Exodus Hope for hard times. If you're wondering where the book of Exodus is, it's pretty easy to find. It's the second book in your Bible. And this series that we're doing called Exodus Hope for Hard Times is us taking a look at one of the most important, most powerful stories ever told. And it's a story of the Exodus. And it's a story of how God used a guy called Moses to deliver Israelites out of slavery in Egypt into a land of their own. And so it's with that in mind that we've been really getting into the book of Exodus. I hope you've been learning something uh, in this series. Uh, I hope you've been finding that the book of Exodus uh, is a powerful book full of practical lessons for us, a book that when you understand it, you realize that God is still a God who gives us hope in hard times. If you believe that, say amen.
And I've had an amazing time uh, with you going through this book. And I want to thank all the speakers who've been a part of this series. Today, uh, we are extremely blessed to have Pastor Tim Ashoi uh, here to bring the message today. And, you know, P Pastor Tim is an amazing, an amazing guy. And I, I got to tell you this, is that not only are we blessed every time he comes to bring the message, but I can tell you from just a personal level, just from the knowing him, how, you know, our friendship for all these years, uh, speaking of race and ra like you know relations between people of different cultures you know there's probably no one in the world that I know personally who is better um, than Pastor Tim at reaching people and connecting people of all races and colors and ethnicities and cultures uh, he and his wife Sandra they are amazing lovers of God amazing lovers of people and I've seen him bring into our church family people of every color and every stripe uh, and people who you know from you know all sorts of backgrounds who connect with him because the love of Jesus is in Pastor Tim and so we are just so incredibly blessed to have Pastor Tim and Sandra as part of our church family if you believe it say amen and we're so incredibly blessed to have him here to bring the message to us today. So would you please give it up for the one, the only, Pastor Tim Show. Let's give him a big hand. Let's shout in this place together right now. Let's welcome him to the stage right now. What a joy it is to be with you here today at Thrive Online and uh, beyond Thrive. I know there are people that are watching and listening and we're trusting for a good day today as we share in the Word of God. And I'm going to be dealing with the subject of how not to and how to respond in hard times. You know, we can respond the right way or we can respond the wrong way. And God's Word teaches us and God's grace helps us to respond in the right way in difficult times. Uh, our scripture today is from Genesis chapter 32, and I'm going to read it. And if you have your Bibles or your or on a device, if you have the scriptures there, would you read with me this this morning as we go to Exodus chapter 32? And we're going to start at verse 15. <clears throat> Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tape tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. Say front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there's the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory, it is not the sound of defeat, it is the sound of singing that I hear. And when Moses approached the camp and he saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them into pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, Make us gods who will go before us. 
As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whatever, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Moses saw that the people were running wild, and Aaron had let them get out of control, so, and so become a la- laughingstock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and brothers, and he has blessed you this day. The next day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord, and perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go and lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. And the Lord struck the people with the plague because of what they did with the calf that Aaron had made. What a powerful portion of Scripture. Uh, maybe a portion of Scripture that's a little bit difficult to, to even understand in that uh, it, 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 it deals with the judgment of God and Oftentimes we do not see God as a God who judges. We see God only as a God who loves. And we know that God's mercy is, is higher than his judgment as we understand the scriptures. And we will see as we go through this today. But it is a challenging portion of scripture and very moving. So how to and how not to respond in hard times. I just want to kind of review this, this story Again, as we have referred to it, Moses in, is in the Mount of God in uh, Mount Sinai, and he receives there the tabernacle plans, and he also receives from God the Ten Commandments engraved on both sides of stone tablets, which were intended to be a, a lasting memorial. Now, it's amazing the crazy things we as people who are like sheep can do uh, when we are in the midst of trouble. When trouble comes, sometimes we can respond in ridiculous ways. And that's what happened in this story. While Moses is up on the mount, the people became impatient and say to Aaron, the brother of Moses, make us gods which shall go before us. 
we don't know what has happened to Moses, so make us gods. Aaron does not delay. He has the people break off their earrings, and uh, they brought their earrings and the gold that they had to him, and they unload all that they have that is of value to build this calf. In verses 3 to 4, the people freely give Aaron, and he received the gold which came from Egypt. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about this is they lost all of their investments of a lifetime, of their lifetime work. They throw it all away to this golden calf that would be manufactured at that time. I think what a, what a, what a foolish thing to do. Uh, giving away all of their lifetime work to the building of this idol. I, I ask the question, how crazy is that? A molten calf was made, and they said, these are your gods which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Now, we must re remember that uh, these gods were defeated in the plagues, and now they're resurrecting these gods that could not help them in any way. I think, how ridiculous can we become? How, how twisted we can become in our thinking when the pressure is on. And so then, uh, out of this, a molten calf was made, and uh, they said, these are your gods which brought you up. And these were the gods that manifestly defeated, were manifestly defeated in the plagues. They have a feast, the Bible tells us there, in the midst of all of this. And they do the religious stuff, burnt offerings, peace offerings, and so on. And the Bible tells us they sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And this is what happens when people find themselves away from God. They get consumed in all kinds of things that they hope will somehow neutralize uh, the confusion or the pain they're, they're going through in their lives, and uh, they think that that may fill the void in their lives. But, you know, only God can fill the void in our lives. Things like this, pleasure, uh, parties, uh, revelry that they were into, really couldn't help the situation. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 tells us, the command that the Lord gave uh, to his people was that they should have no other gods before them. They should have no images, no graven images before the Lord. Because God says, I am a jealous God. I am a jealous God. So we go on in this story. God speaks to Moses on the mountain. Go down. The people have corrupted themselves. They've made a calf and they're, they're worshiping it. And they've sacrificed to it saying, these are your gods. And they have turned away from the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us that we can't do anything in secret. We can't get away with secret sin. Because the Bible does say this, God, God makes his secrets known to his servants, the prophets. There's always somebody that's in touch with God that knows what heaven is saying and also knows what's really happening on earth. Uh, we can't get away with anything. I remember one time uh, a very fine lady that 
we were working with uh, came for some counsel and and uh, she had fallen in an area of her life and and she said it's 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 this way in my life she said I, I just can't get away with anything it's it's like God gets to know about what I'm doing and and people get to know what I'm doing and the prophets get to know what I'm doing I just can't get away with anything and uh, you might want to turn to your neighbor now and say to them I can't get away with anything <laughs> can't get away with anything you see God loves us and uh, and he exposes those areas that should be dealt with because he cares about us and he wants those things dealt with and in the in the long and short of this story we will see that happening and then God goes on to say in this portion of scripture the, these people are a stiff-necked people and I will consume them and here Moses intercedes and uh, Moses is a picture of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's just come out from the presence of God. And, uh, and he's making a statement like, blot my name out of, the, out, of, out of your book, but save this people. You see, that's what Jesus Christ did. He literally laid down his life for us. He, he was perfect, the perfect son of God, never failed, never, never did anything wrong, but yet he was willing to lay down his life as a sacrifice for us, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. So in this story, we see this picture painted as we read this story. And so he intercedes and he reasons with God and uh, cries out to God, to have mercy on his people and then goes on to show how God you you've brought your people such a long way you've delivered them you you've helped them and and surely you won't cut them off surely you'll bring them further in their lives and I believe that's the heart of God the heart of God is that he cares about us and even though we are in failure many times many times we disappoint God nevertheless God comes to us and assures us that he loves us and he wants to bring us on in his purposes. And uh, you know, we do notice in this story that God repents of his fierce judgment in this time. And, but Moses, in anger, takes the tablets of stone, which were the work and writing of God, when he comes to the bottom of the mountain, when he saw the calf, he cast the, the tables out of his hands and he broke them. And uh, Aaron makes excuses. People, you know, pressed me to do this. You know, we can't, as leaders or as people, we can't make excuses for our sins saying, well, you know, somebody else made me do it. No, it was our choice. Some people would even say, well, the devil made me do it. No, you, 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 you chose. You chose to do. I chose to do what I did, and I must take responsibility for that. And uh, Aaron was wrong in that. He was, he was uh, blaming the people for what was, was happening. They said to me, make, make us gods. So they gave me their earrings. And, and then the Bible says it, it became a very shameful scene. They became naked unto their shame. Look at what's uh, going on in our world, in our society today, and has gone on in, in, in sinful settings. Uh, 
rather than the dignity of, of uh, being dressed, people undress to their shame. And, and I believe that God has, has, has planned that we be dressed in, in our right mind and, and uh, that we uh, uh, have, of course, spiritually robes of righteousness, that he wants to clothe us. He does not want to expose us. This is our God. He wants to make his, his people and his servants beautiful, not living in shame, but living with covering in their, in their lives. And so this is the story we are dealing with in Exodus chapter 32. Now, this morning, I want to, I want to go to some lessons we learned from this very quickly. I want to summarize some lessons that we can glean from this portion of Scripture. The first thing I, I want to share th this morning is this, that God clarifies His plans when we come into the mountain of His presence, His plans and His will are made clear. The will of God is discovered in the presence of God. And that's where Moses was. He came forth with the will of God, the plan of God. Moses got the tabernacle plans in the mount, and he also got the Ten Commands in the mountain of the Lord. And can I suggest to us this morning that there's no better place for us to be in our lives than in the presence of, of God. I believe it's the will of God that every day of our lives we ascend to the mountain of the Lord where the presence of God is, and we do that through the Word of God and as we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, as His Word and His Spirit works within us, God unveils His plans, God unveils His will, and we can walk in His ways because we've been in the mountain of the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, it, we need to be in the mountain of the Lord. If, if you want to get plans for your life, the plans for your life, the plans for your business, the plans for your career, go to the mountain of the Lord. Go to the Word of God. Go to the Bible and invite the Holy Spirit. It's through His Word and it's through His Spirit that we come to the higher place. And I believe God wants us to live on a higher plane. Mountains speak of, of being up higher. And God wants us to live in a higher, on a higher plane. Not, not just in the valley where we cannot see, but God takes us to the mountain, to the place where we can see. We can see around us. We can see at a distance. We can see what's in front of us because we've been in a higher place. God wants us to live in a higher place. That's a lesson that we come from, get from this portion of Scripture. Number two, impatience with God or a leader gets us into trouble. When we become impatient, they all said, well, Moses isn't around. And it's like God isn't around. We've we got to do something. 
You know, the demise in the, in the life of King Saul was when, when the priest was not there, the prophet was not there to offer, he decided, he was impatient, and he went ahead and he stepped out of his office, and that was the demise of his, of his leadership. And, and people fail when they become impatient with God. You know, God has a time for everything. There's a time for everything. And sometimes his timing does not line up with our timing. We, we think that God is slow in certain things. Uh, somebody came to me with a word a while back, and uh, it was a situation we were dealing with, and they, I believe it was from, from God. Somehow God spoke to him, and spoke to, he thus spoke to me and said, uh, you're gonna, you're in a situation that you're looking at, you're going to be facing five years. And this person I know is very prophetic in their lives, and he said, you're gonna, and I thought, Five years, that's too long, God. I can't wait that long. <laughs> then I thought, no, I better wait that long because we know what happens with impatience. It gets us into trouble. And, and it got them into trouble. You see, because they got impatient, they built their golden calf. It was impatience that was at the core of all of their failure and we we know the old saying that patience is the virtue the bible says let patience have its perfect work that you might be entire wanting nothing i urge us today in the things that we are facing in our world today the pandemic and a lot of the uh, upheaval even around uh, racism that has taken place, may we, may we be in the presence of God and may we have patience and allow God to do His work in the midst of all of this. Let's not get in a hurry and build some false God that we will follow. Number three, I believe we can lose out spiritually and economically as we look at the wrong God. And uh, here they, they uh, built an idol, and they lost out spiritually. We know they lost out spiritually. It's, it's obvious they lost out spiritually. But even economically they lost out. They threw all their money toward this, all their gold toward this, this, this dumb idol. And, and what, I say, what is that? You see, when we get the wrong God in our life, we give away that which could be productive to become non-productive. And if we don't give to God and we give to an idol, idols can't give anything back. God can. As a matter of fact, God will multiply back to us when we give to him our resources, we give to him our gold, our silver, or whatever. God promises that he will multiply back to us. However, if we're giving it to some dead God, then we're going to lose out all the way. You know, the Bible says that 
Covetousness is idolatry. If we're focusing on money, and that becomes our God, we've, 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 got, a, we've got an idol there that we, we need to deal with. And that idol can do nothing back to us that is in a form of blessing in return. God help us to see that. That's why the Bible says we, we should keep ourselves from idols. Idols destroy lives. There was a book that was written uh, a number of years ago. It's called Idols for Destruction. It's an in-depth study on, on idols and idolatry. And he lists the different types of idols that, that there are in our world and things that we face in our world uh, in, these, in these days. And here's some of them. Uh, out of Idols for Destruction by Schlossberg is the, uh, the author. He says, um, some of the idols are where we make human beings as gods. Humanism is, is really an idol. If, if man is the center of everything rather than God being the center. Money as a god is another idol. Nature as god. Narcissism. Power. Religion as an idol, and, uh, and materialism as an idol. And, uh, and, and he has a whole list of these different things that, that are like idols in our lives. Sometimes we're, we're not building an idol of gold like they did back there, but if we are, are allowing something to capture our attention and rule our lives, it can become an idol. And if it's, if, if it's ruling our thinking and it's, it's captured our attention, it could very well be an idol in our lives. See, God is to be loved. He is to be adored. He is to be worshipped. Nothing else is to be loved or adored or worshipped in the same way as we are to worship God. So it's easy to fall into forms of idolatry. You know, we can love money. We can love, maybe we can love sports just a, a little too much so that God has no place in our lives. It's all about sports. So, you know, our Sundays are consumed with that. We have no time to worship God. It's a form of idolatry that can creep in. God deliver us from this. So we can lose out spiritually and economically by looking at the wrong, wrong thing. Number four, sitting down to eat and drink followed by rising up to play. In other words, overindulgence can be a form of idolatry. And that's what they fell into. So the Bible says in in, in Corinthians is that Israel rose up, they, 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 they rose up to, to eat and to drink, and uh, they sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to indulge in revelry. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, why should we not commit immorality as some of them did? In one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did, and they were killed by snakes. All of this was idolatry that had crept in their, into their lives. You see, idolatry is a very powerful 
lethal thing, and we want nothing to do with it. We flee idolatry according to the urging of Scripture. We run from idolatry. When we see something that looks like idolatry or something that is trying to captivate our attention, to rule our thinking, to rule our focus, above our focus on the Lord, we run away from it. Turn to somebody and say, run away from idolatry. You see, life has a, a greater purpose than selfish living. The book of Haggai is a story where people were to be building the house of God and they got caught up in all kinds of things. They got caught up in materialism. They got caught up in, you know, living their lives, you know, and in, in, in all this super, superb lifestyle. They were in, in lavish living and... Uh, and life was all about, you know, where they could go and what they could do. And, uh, and it was all about eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow you might die. And uh, God challenged that people and he said, he said go, go to the forest, bring some trees and start building the house of God. Get your focus back on God. Get your focus back on worship. And, and let God be glorified in your life rather than sitting down to eat and drink and rising up to play and being involved. In this instance, there is reference to immorality. Whenever false gods arose historically, immorality came with it. And this is what was happening in this situation here. The people were giving themselves to revelry. You know, some of my... My, the heroes in my life are, are people who have had God as the center of their lives for as long as I've known them. Uh, I, I want to refer to a couple people. Uh, Dr. Charles Stanley is now 87 years of age, and he's preaching the gospel every week on television. And I say, what a tremendous example. Jesus was the center of his life. God was the center. He worshipped God. He didn't worship things. He, and, and, and what a wonderful, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other things have been added. The, the, the fullness of life has been around him. My wife and I were privileged to land in, in Atlanta, Georgia, when the birth, the 80th birthday of Charles Stanley was being celebrated. We ate some of his birthday cake that Sunday, and I'll never forget it. Here's, here's a man, 80. I thought, I wonder, I wonder how long he's going to go. He's 80 now. How many more? Well, seven years later, he's still going. And it's wonderful. Just last week, a good friend of mine from Calgary who actually I, uh, I worked with in ministry fairly closely for a season, and um, he's now just about 85 years of age, and he preached a, a message that was so balanced on the coming of Christ with such conviction, and it was like he was still 40 years of age, and here he is, almost 85 now. I said, that's the kind of life I want. I want, I want to follow the, the example of people like this. 
where idols were far from them, but God was so prevalent in their life, and they loved God and worshiped God with all of their heart. Number five, from this story we learn, never become stiff-necked. What, what is, what is stiff-necked? The, the term stiff-necked means stubborn. As a matter of fact, it has reference to uh, a person who might be plowing with an ox or an ox and a team of oxen, and they would have a they would have a stick, and they would prod the oxen with this long stick uh, as they were walking behind the plow, so that the oxen would keep going, and some of the some of the oxen would respond to the prod, and also they would tap the the oxen on the neck to say, well, "You need to turn here." But some oxen would not turn. They were stiff-necked. They would not turn at the nudge of, of the one who was in charge of what they were doing. And that is being stiff-necked. I, I want to say today, I think it's important for us to be a people when God nudges us with his stick as we are pulling the load. May we not be stiff Next, but may we be flexible and soft to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, you make my heart soft. And I believe that's as we allow God by his grace to work in our lives, he softens our heart and our hearts are soft. And we make a deliberate choice to be soft before the Lord. You know, the question I, I have to ask myself is, when, when's the last time you cried that shows the softness that's in your heart? Some people never cry because they've got a hard heart. Others are known to have a soft heart, and they, they cry when they see certain things happening that are not good. And, and Moses was that kind of person. He, he had a soft heart. He cried out to God as he saw what was happening with the people. Number six, only three more points to go. We're going to make it. Turn to somebody and say, we're going to make it. <laughs> Number six, the memorial most valuable in life is not the tables of stone with the law written on both sides, but rather the greatest memorial of all time is the cross of Christ and all that it represents. You know, the Bible says the, the law was weak through the flesh, but God sending his own son for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be manifest in us. You see, I look at this story and I say, Moses, why didn't you get into big trouble with God by smashing these tables of stone after they had been written by the finger of God? And I think God was giving an overarching lesson here that the greatest, the greatest symbol, the greatest memorial, the greatest thing to remember in all of life, that's not downplaying the, the plans and purposes and and uh, the reasons why God gave the law, but the greatest thing that ever happened in history was the cross. 
It was the cross. The cross deals with so much. What the law could not do, the cross did. You know, if the flesh, the flesh does not have strength to overcome sin, but the cross and the resurrection give us the ability to overcome sin. What the law could not do, weak in the flesh, God sent His Son to condemn sin. It was through the cross that so much was accomplished. And this is what we see manifest through the life of Moses. We see him giving his life for, he said, take my, take my name out of, the, out, of the, out of the book of life. Just save your people. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life to save us from destruction. Number seven. Let us consecrate ourselves as the greatest leaders do. God keeps our hearts pure and set apart for your glory and for your purposes. You must remember here that there was a call in this story. Who is on the Lord's side? Come, stand here. Today I want to be the one who's heeding that call saying, Lord, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. You did so much. How can I do less than give my very life to you? And I believe that consecration is the call. Consecration is, is dedication. It's commitment to the purposes of God for service in the kingdom of God. God, keep our hearts pure set apart for your glory and for your service. And number eight, I jump over cha to chapter 33. Just the uh, early verses there. And then my point is there, our land of dream or promise remains beyond failure as we make Jesus Lord of all. You know, a lot of these people failed. They fell into idolatry. However, they declared themselves to be on the Lord's side. And those who declared themselves to be on the Lord's side were spared. They were spared from the judgment. And they were, in the ensuing chapter, their land of dream and promise was there. God said, God said I'll give you this land of milk and honey and it was reminded once again, I will give it. And I will send an angel before you. And I will drive out the enemy. And I will bring you into this wonderful land flowing with milk and heart honey. However, don't harden your heart. Do not live in unbelief. Believe me, today is the message Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4 tells us they could not enter in because of unbeliefs. Some of them died. They rejected God's plan. They rejected God's wonderful plan of mercy. They said, we want nothing to do with that. We want our idols. We want to go back to Egypt and all of this. But those who believed, the Bible says, they entered into the rest. And Jesus is our rest. Therefore, we look unto Jesus, the author of, and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, but he's set now on the right hand of the Father. 
let's just take a moment to pray. The worship team is going to come. Lord, we just commit this word to you and receive this word into our hearts as that which will give us life and that which will change our destiny. In Jesus' name, amen.
give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Oh, come on, there's more in you than that. Give God all of your praise in this place today. Give God your praise. Give God your thanks. Give God your worship. Would you do this with me right now? I want you to lift your hands to God. Wherever you are watching and participating in the service right now, I want you to lift up your hands to God as an expression of your sincerity as an expression of how much you need him today. Why don't you lift up your hands together. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you need him. Let the height of your hands reflect you surrendering to God. Any burden, any care, any temptation, any struggle, any problem you don't have an answer to, that you can give it to God today knowing that God is greater. You can give to him today knowing that God is in control. You can give it to God today knowing that God has a perfect time and a perfect plan for your life. And so you can surrender to him today. Why don't you lift up your hands to God. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you want to welcome him into your life today. And let's just respond to God today, right now, in this place together. We learned today that sometimes patience, um, well, not just sometimes, but all the time, patience is a virtue. And impatience can get us into trouble. Impatience can get us to start putting our hope in something that we were never meant to put our hope in, start worshiping something we are never meant to worship. And if there's an area in your life where you're tempted to be impatient, maybe it's concerning your future, maybe it's concerning marriage, maybe it's concerning kids, maybe it's concerning some other part of your life where you're tempted to be impatient and almost like the Israelites, you would never you know, set up a statue and bow down to it, but in your heart there's maybe this part of you that wants to put your hope in something other than the Lord today and maybe God is telling you today, stop and wait on me. Stop and remember, my ways are the right ways. My plan is the perfect plan. My timing is perfect. And I'll make all things beautiful in my time if you would just wait for my timing. And if that's you and you realize you need to wait for God's timing rather than trusting in your own timing, you have to trust in God's plan rather than trusting in your own plan. Why don't you lift your hand to God right now? Why don't you lift your hand to God right now? And why don't you just start talking to God from your heart and just, just give to him whatever burden is on your heart today. He can take it. You can be real before God. I know that's why we like to say the best is yet to come, and we absolutely believe that, but that doesn't mean you have to pretend. You can bring God your tough emotions today. You can bring God the frustrations of your life today. You can bring to God your doubts today. You can bring to God your questions today because he loves you just the way you are. And so why don't you right now with hands raised, heart open, life open to God right now, just start talking to God from your heart. Just start talking to God. Don't wait for me to stop talking. Just start talking to God right now. Give him your burdens today. Give him your cares today. Give him everything today. Give him the ways you are feeling a bit impatient. Give that to God today. Just start talking to God today. Give God your praise. Give God your worship. Choose an attitude of gratitude as we do this right now. Just start talking to God right now from your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God, we run to you today. We don't want to run to anyone else. We want to run to you today. We want to run to you today. We want to run to you today. No one else. 
Only you want to run to you, first and only you. Be the center of our lives, God. Holy Spirit, come. That's it, church. Just keep on talking to God from your heart. Give your burdens to him today. Give him your questions to him today. Give your pain to him today. Give it all to him today. Give your praise to him today. Give your thanks to him today. That's it, church. Come on. Just come to God today. He alone is worthy of your, of your worship. He alone is worthy of your attention right now. Just come and do that right now. Give him your worship. Give him your attention. Give him your love right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just like Pastor Tim so powerfully said that in God's presence, we find God's will. So even just right now, as we spend time in God's presence, I just believe that as we spend time in his presence, that's where your heart was made to thrive. That was where your heart was made to be the happiest, the most joyful, the wisest. And so as you spend time in God's presence today and this coming week, may God reveal his plans to you. May he real, give you wisdom to face what you're facing today. Praise God. One more group of people we want to pray for right now. It's those of you who are here and you need forgiveness for sin. The Israelites in Exodus chapter 32, they sinned in a very overt way. They started making an idol that couldn't hear, that couldn't speak, and they started bowing down, down to it as, a, as an idol in their lives. And You know, you might not have the propensity to want to bow down to an idol, but maybe there's something in your life that you, if you had to be really honest with yourself, you put before God. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a worry. Maybe it's a, some other situation in your life that you have, if you had to be really honest, you've kind of worshipped it. You've, you've kind of, you know, not literally bowed your head to it, but you've just kind of just obsessed over it. And it's taken your energy. It's drained you of your energy. You've maybe even given a lot of your wealth. Maybe it's not financial wealth, but even just like your, 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 like your emotional wealth to that. And, and, you're just, and, and at the end of it, you're emptier than ever. It's because God made you to worship him and him alone. And in fact, the Bible says that the wages for sin is death. And, and that's why, you know, in Exodus 32, you see Moses command the Levites to, to actually start to put to death some of the people who worship this idol because the fact is that the, the wages of our sin is death. We deserve death, separation from God because we turned away from him. But the great thing about the New Testament and the great thing about the grace of God is that when each and every one of us did pretty much exactly what the Israelites did in, in, in Exodus 32, God, did, instead of killing us, instead of putting us to death, instead he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a way back to him. God's mercy triumphs over judgment. That's why you can break the law of God, but you can't break the grace of God. You can break the law of God, but you can't break the cross because we've broken the law, whether we know it or not, in so many different ways, but you can never break the grace of God because the grace of God is even greater. God's mercy is even greater. And if you want to receive forgiveness for your sins, I'm here to let you know that's why Jesus came. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you realize you need forgiveness from God for sin today, maybe something you said this morning to your wife, your husband, or maybe to your kids or to your parents, maybe something you did this past week, or maybe it wasn't something you did or said, but something you thought that you know was the wrong thought to have. Why don't you just lift your hand to God right now? And, and if you want forgiveness from God, why don't you lift up your hand? On, even on your screen, there's a little icon that says, I commit my life to Jesus. That's just another way of saying, God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need your, your, your mercy. And if that's you, why don't you just touch that button right now? If you don't see that button, why don't you lift your hand to God right now? Why don't you lift your hand to God right now and let the height of your hands reflect how much you need God today? 
that as we sing, I need you more, that that, that, that that be the reflection of your heart today, that you need God in your life, and that that's you need his mercy, your for, his forgiveness, his presence back in your life. Why don't you lift your hand to God right now with me, and we're just going to pray this prayer together right now. Why don't you pray this with me right now and say, Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me unconditionally, that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart. Please come in, forgive me of my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? The Bible says that if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, is that whether you raised your hand just now or you touched that, that, that button on, this, on, on your screen that says, I commit my life to Jesus as an act of faith, if you did that, then the Bible says you are forgiven of your sins, that you are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a priest now in this kingdom, and the best is yet to come. And so with that in mind, let me just pray for you really quick. And we actually, in fact, have a special gift to give those of you who made that decision to receive Jesus, your Savior, just now when you asked him for forgiveness that way. Uh, you can actually text the word BELIEVE to the number 604-285-5770. Uh, or you can press that button, uh, I can love to Jesus. We'd love to connect you that way, give you a gift to encourage you in this brand new relationship with Jesus. A huge congratulations to each and every one of you today as you come to God today. Right now, let me just pray for you as we close off our service today. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for your amazing love for each and every one of us today. Thank you, God, that though we break your law, we can never break your cross. That though we break your law, sometimes when we don't even want to, sometimes when we, you know, you know, admittedly do it intentionally, but sometimes when we don't even know it, we break your law. But thank you that we can never break the grace of God. That the, break, that the grace of God is unbreakable in our lives. And we can thank you. We just thank you so much for that amazing grace that you poured out on every single per, one, per, one of us today. The amazing undeserved kindness that you've shown to each and every one of us because you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you so much, God, that because of you, there's always a second chance. That because of you, there's always hope for tomorrow. That because of you, there is resurrection even after death. That because of you, there's joy even after the sorrow. And so with that in mind, we just pray all of your blessing, your comfort, your healing, your provision, your protection, your presence, your wisdom, your joy, faith, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you so much and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? I said, would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now? Oh, come on, there's more in you than that. Shout to God in this place. Give God some praise in this place. Give your neighbor a high five or a handshake, even a warm hug if you can, and just say, it's so great to be here with you. We love you guys. You guys are an amazing church. Uh, of course, if you need physical distance, do that. <laughs> but if you can, you can do that for sure. If, if it's someone that's in your home, please, please go ahead and do that. Uh, we love you guys. As we close off our service, a couple things we're going to do. Uh, if you call throughout your, your home church or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, let's give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings. Knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds? He adds everything we need. You guys are an amazingly generous church. Thank you guys so, for, so much for the ways that you give. Let's continue to sow into the kingdom of God, knowing that he builds his church through us in the process so we can be and do everything he's called us to be and do. Uh, and so go to mythought.info to give. And at the same time, and I hand the time to Raul, our good-looking online host. Let's give it back to him. Have an amazing week, everybody. 
We love you guys. We'll see you guys really soon. We'll see you guys at the drive-thru next week. We'll see you guys at our conversation and prayer meeting on Tuesday. Have an amazing Sunday. We love you guys. Have a great week. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor JB. Great job, Pastor Tim, on the message. If you were blessed by today's message, let us know in the chat box or send us a private email. Either way, we cannot wait to hear from you. Now, before I let you go, here's a few short announcements. If this was your first time visiting us here at Thrive Church Online, we are so glad that you tuned in and we do not want to let you go empty-handed. So text NEW to 604-285-5770 so we can send you that Thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today. And for those of you who made the decision to receive Jesus into your lives, congratulations! We have a very special gift pack series we want to send to you. So text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. This gift pack series has a lot of resources and helpful videos to answer some of the questions you may be having on your new life with Jesus. Now, next Sunday is Father's Day. Say it with me, Father's Day. Great! So don't forget, wake up your dad, give him a cup of coffee, and invite him to Thrive Church Online. And at the end of the second service, also, don't forget, we have drive-thru at church. Why do we have a drive-thru at church? It's because we miss your face. That's right, your face, we miss it, and we can't wait to see it. So, what are we doing? We're gonna be handing out free hot dogs, free drinks, just so we can see you, because we really miss you. So, make sure you get in the car at the end of the second service and come on down to Thrive Church. We really miss you, we can't wait to see you. Every Tuesday, we hold Zoom prayer meetings. So. This Tuesday is a very special one. We will be having a discussion with the pastor on the topic of race, and of course we will be praying. So make sure you tune in this Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Visit our Instagram page or Facebook page for the sign-in details. Can't wait to see you there. That's it for the announcements. Thank you for stopping by. My name's Raul, I was your online host. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you next week.